Hey, I'm Drew, and you're listening to episode 12 of the Citizen Coder Podcast. In this episode, I talk to Costanza, a web developer in Italy. We talk about assistive technologies, the intersection of music and programming, the cult of Apple, 5G hats, and so much more. Let's dive in. Hey, Costanza. Uh, thanks for coming back on the podcast. I appreciate it. Um, for anybody that's listening, Costanza was in episode three. She had come on with um, a nonprofit um, in Kenya. And so I figured I'd have her come back on by herself and we would just uh, do a little chit chat. So uh, Costanza, why don't you tell me how you got started in with programming? Uh yeah, like you said, I was in the previous episode uh, with uh, Leonardo Niango because I volunteer for his nonprofit in Kenya that they bring programming skills to kids in Kenya. So, uh, yeah, well, I didn't get started in Kenya or with a nonprofit or, I mean, to be honest, I'm still going through the journey, you know, like my day mm. job is just your average employee job. Sure. Um, but actually, because I studied music, right, and I always mm-hmm. liked that technology part of music and uh, in fact one of my a levels like it's what they call the high school subject in the uk was in actually music technology and i guess that's how i got into technology and from there is how i go into programming because i know a lot of people are into technology before they're into programming sure like i think some older generation people they used to build computers or something like that yeah i used to do that Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> you know, some old, yeah, some no, old okay. people used to build computers. <laughs> or like, I don't know, a lot of people video games. They were playing video games, and then they decided they wanted to build them, and they got into programming. For me, it was that actually to give you a more specific example, people might find interesting. There is this um, this thing, this platform called Sonic PI. S-O-N-I-C-P-I. And uh, it's a live music coding platform. Oh, weird. Basically, you write a piece of code and it makes a sound. No okay, way. it's very simplified that way. But actually, that's how I got into it. Because like I said, I was studying music. I liked music. And, and in fact, now... Uh, live music coding has become a whole movement. Like live music coding artists, they literally do concerts. I have never some, heard of this. Yeah, like some Aaron, the the founder of this, actually created it because he wanted to get kids into coding. It's nice if they have a piece of a small piece of code and he makes music, right? Yeah. But actually, I mean, I wouldn't say it's not that popular, but it's not that really used that much in schools. He wasn't expecting that he would get into a whole musical, artistic movement. Mm. He was doing it for educational purposes. Okay. Yeah, I'm here now. It's a code-based music creation and performance tool. I got to say, this That's... looks wild. <laughs> so, yeah, Sonic uh, Dash. I don't know how you say Dash PI.net. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually uh, I made a note. I'll put it in the show notes because that looks <laughs> awesome. It's based on Ruby. But you don't need to do the whole Ruby download, Ruby gems. You don't need to set up Ruby on your machine. Mm. So it's got, it's, does it have its own uh, scripting language then? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I'm not qualified to give this answer. Oh, yeah, sure. All I know is that I can use it and it's based on Ruby. I mean, that's the important thing, right? 
<laughs> uh, I'm actually checking it yeah. out. Like that's that's cool. Um, it's actually sponsored by Dashbit, which why does Dash? Yeah, the, it's a big thing. Dash... It's oh, an open source. That's crazy. So Dashbit is a uh, it's an Elixir. Uh, let's see, it's an Elixir company. Yeah, Dashbit's an Elixir company. And, oh, that I didn't know. Yeah, okay. and they uh they are a sponsor of uh sonicpi.net cool that's pretty wild i didn't know that so yeah, yeah go, so go ahead tell me how. tell me more yeah well that's it that's how but like and yeah yeah i guess pretty, that's pretty much it and also yeah there are some also fun javascript libraries like tone.js mm. Uh, yeah, I'm really into all the intersection between music and programming and sound generation, all that kind of thing. And I think you must have heard before that um, it's not music is not just about oh inspiration and poetry. Like a lot of music is very blocky, like mm -hmm. it's very logical. You have to reason in blocks. Mm. If it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and and I mean the theory. I mean the theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the theory that, like, is definitely like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, you see a lot of programmers play music and a lot of musicians become programmers. Yeah. The second one is probably because I'm, it's hard to make a living out of it. I'm, but... I'm the second one. I'm a musician that's becoming a programmer. Oh, yeah? Also, oh, I'm right. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I I have uh, about 10 or 11 years of classical piano um, lessons when when I was younger. And... You know, I picked up guitar after that, and, you know, I play a kind of a variety of instruments, and I can, I always, I always feel like I could pick up just about anything and figure out how to play it, uh, just like some people can pick up any programming language and figure out how to use it. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that's just my uh, yeah, thought. I don't know how true guitar, it is. But... I play, ah, okay, I play classical guitar. I wouldn't say it's the same for me because mm -hmm. the only thing I've been able to pick up apart from that is the ukulele and it's very similar. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a stringed instrument, right? So, I mean, theoretically, you probably could make an easy move over to just about any other stringed instrument, I'd imagine. That's, they're, they're they have a lot of They're going to be quite expensive moves, though. Yeah, yeah, some of them <laughs> might be kind of pricey, for sure. Like a violin, a cello is not like buying a guitar, I think. No, I, I, I don't think it is. <laughs> but man, I love a cello. I love the sound of a cello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, me, me too, me too. Oh, I didn't know this musical side of you, because like you said, we had podcasts before. Oh, okay, there you go. Then you can really relate to what I said, I guess, yeah. about blocky music, mm -hmm. the re reasoning block. and. Sure, yeah, I can definitely relate. Yeah, definitely. Um. I've, you know, a lot of people have compared programming to playing music. I, I think yes and no. I think with, with like classical style music, I would say definitely. And maybe some of the other very theory heavy styles. Um, but you know, when I write music, I'm not really, I'm not thinking about all that stuff in the, in the background. I'm literally just playing stuff that sounds good or hopefully sounds good. 
Ah, okay, no, no, wait. When I was talking about the intersection mm. between the logic of music theory and programming, I meant strictly classical music. Oh, okay. Yes, right. I should have specified that. Yeah, yeah I completely Classical guitar, for example. Yeah, completely yeah. agree with you on that, for sure. Yeah, it's very... The rest, I don't know, because I don't have much experience in other types, mm. so okay. I wouldn't know. Yeah, classical classical music, definitely. So you've you've played, you said you play classical guitar still? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, um, I still play it. I mean, because of various circumstances, I couldn't pursue, like, concert career, like, um, but, but yeah, I still play it. I still, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was the first thing I did when I was a kid, so yeah. Have you, have you done any recording? Oh, oh yeah, I did, like, but, but most of the stuff I did, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's very historical by now. It's because... I was in school, or I was like twenty in university mm. when I was studying. So, so not lately, really. I I could do it now though because I got better equipment than I used to. So yeah, you should you should do some recording. Um, I've actually been thinking about doing some myself. You know, I've been using GarageBand a lot for my podcast. Ah, right, because you have a Mac. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just have Audacity. It does the job. Yeah, Audacity. Yeah, Audacity's good. Um, there's another software that even podcasters swear by but i can't think of the name of it offhand but oh did i lose you hi hey i guess i didn't lose you for very long can you hear me okay uh we're back i don't know what happened uh silly internet is issues um i was gonna blame your your 5g towers but <laughs> it's the only thing people can't blame me for so. <laughs> right it's not your fault it's the 5g <laughs> no i'm here i have a lot of problems but internet is not one of them so so absolutely oh, not no so <laughs> so you know yeah so this uh so basically basically yeah a lot of musicians are coders a lot of coders are musicians there is a connection there especially with classical music logic like you were saying hopefully i hope maybe not but hopefully yes this will mm. also um impact how employers perceive um candidates with a more diverse background and by diverse i mean diversity of skills Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's important. Um, bring it, bringing people in with lots of like different experiences from different areas can really, I think, make a difference when it comes to idea generation. Yeah, I mean, the whole diversity uh, discussion is obviously important, but I am not qualified enough to give an opinion on the general diversity from human resources perspective. But uh, I am qualified to say that diversity of skills um, in the programming departments of companies would be a really good thing, unless somebody's already mm -hmm. doing it. But I don't, I mean, over a computer science graduate and a musician, I think they hire a computer science graduate, full stop. Yeah, un unfortunately, that that's probably just the way that companies think. You know, companies... Am I losing connection? Okay, can you hear yeah. me again? I don't know what's going on here, but I I lost connection for a second. Um, I was gonna say, yeah, that's just the way companies think. They 
companies have a completely different mindset than people most of the time. And especially when it comes to decision making, I've I've noticed you you can you can kind of tell in the job descriptions of you know for uh, dev jobs where they want like twenty years of this language and maybe you know thirty years of you know fifty other languages and frameworks and you know none of it's really cohesive or really based on the job that you'll be doing and I th I think that sort of this. <laughs> That sort of displays the the breakdown in thought process when it when it comes to that. Yeah, but but then again, um, if you read, for example, um, human resources blogs or even Harbor Business Review or even LinkedIn posts by prominent recruiters, they sell mm -hmm. a different uh, story. Uh, they do. So there, I mean, there is a disconnect um, between the story they sell and who they actually want to buy as an employee. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. really that's really confusing. I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one who's finding it confusing. Uh, if there are people like listening to this that are looking for a dev job or something, and uh, to be honest, I, I'm I'm sure not all people looking for a dev job have a computer science degree. So no, no, of course not. And I think I mean obviously more and more, it's being push that you don't need th those things so hopefully over over time that will you know change but see when um, i was studying classical music i was also applying for music teaching jobs and it was kind of the same thing the first thing they ask you or they require is are you classically trained yeah so well i th i think with music it's it's a little different too and it depends on what you're doing in music if you're starting a band nobody cares what kind of training you have. Nobody cares if you have just picked up the guitar and have been playing it for three months. Like if, if you guys are making, you know, cohesive sound and it sounds great and people love it, nobody cares, you know, but obviously if you're going for say something like a studio mu musician or, uh, or some other kind of, yeah, or even teaching kids um, that want to become yeah, a band. Yeah, teaching. right, right. Yeah, they, you know, then they start looking at, well, what kind of training have you had? So you're drawing a parallel then, I guess. I guess because mm. like you need the training for in classical terms, in terms of the music, but then it's the same thing if you want to enter a company, <laughs> you know, like as a developer. So I guess it's everywhere is the same. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Like you. Um. Every, we all know that you don't need a degree to become a programmer or or get a job as one uh, you know and i know lots and lots of people that have never you know never gone to college and gotten degrees and still make six figures as developers so it's it's definitely possible but like you said there's there is probably some um not sure the right way to put it but you know like if you're looking at two different people and one of them, you know, if you're not sure, you know, like if, if they like two different people, you know, maybe they'll, the deciding factor is that they've got a degree. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but opportunity wise, I think there's tons and tons of opportunity. But I think a degree 
that's kind of fair. It has become the default. Uh, well, at least for the 20-somethings out there, it has become the default. I think what's still not as fair is what type of degree. Mm -hmm. Okay, so take my company, for instance, where I work. They do not care what your degree is in. They don't care, like, where the, the job I'm doing right now is the absolute highest job I can do. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much the highest job I can do in my company without having a degree. And so I'm not, I'm not going to progress because I'm not going to go spend four years of my life to get a degree at this point in my life. So, it, you know, in order for me to move up, you know, but, and, and the problem is, is like the degree that they want, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even have to apply. People come in off the street with, you know, social studies degrees or, or any other degree. And as long as it's a degree, they'll hire you yeah, in that's what I'm saying. management. For, it's unfortunately, a, it's, a, it's like that. It's a default. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's a default. Exactly. It's weird. But fortunately, though, not all companies are like that. Because there would be a lot of uh, developers out of work. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you mean like it looks like it from the majority uh, of the job posts myself mm -hmm. and you have probably been scanning over time. But mm -hmm. statistically speaking, if that w was to be an absolute truth, we won't have that many developers working around. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of a lot of the advice for developers revolves around apply anyway, whether it's asking for a degree or not, because a lot of times they put stuff on on these things, but it's they're not really it's not really a requirement. So you just apply. Anyway yes, yeah, their and see dream is their ideal. Yeah, it's their kind of idea. Right. Exactly. And. And in a lot of ways, that probably weeds out a lot of candidates. And I don't know if that's purposeful or not, but you, I'm sure there's still a lot of people that don't apply for jobs because they look at it and they're like, oh, I guess I don't really fit with this job. Or, oh, you know, they're looking for more than what I have. Or, mm, you know, okay, it's, so it's we kind were talking a... about diversity of skills, but that it's mm -hmm. hindered even before it even becomes a thing because it can never become a thing because they feel like they cannot apply if they are from a different background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's a lot of that going on. A lot of people not applying for things just because they see the degree and so they just see a big wall and so they don't even bother applying at and all. And computer science degree. Sometimes, <laughs> actually most of the times, yeah. Sure. Yeah, a lot of a lot of CS degrees. I mean, as far as developer uh, development goes, mm, I see, I see. But but then um, again, then again, I said like they mostly ask you, "Are you classically trained?" This it's a very common question. Mm, it's a very common question. In, so, as as like looking for developer no, jobs. No, no, like I mean for the music. Are you classically like training? Music. Yeah. I, guess. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what's classical yeah, yeah, training yeah. for development, but I'm sure this. Would... I, I don't even know at this point. Um, it it might have been a CS degree at one point. Okay, so that's classical I, training. Okay. Yeah, that would be like classic classical training. Okay. Uh, we're sitting here trying to compare music to programming, and I think we are like completely just we're taking programming and and music and putting it in a big in a big bowl and just kind of mixing it up like popcorn. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of what I've been doing with my own learning, so. <laughs> Making popcorn? I... <laughs> yeah, mixing things like popcorns. I don't know. I mean, if there are podcast listeners here that cannot relate, you know, they have more like systematic thinking, then okay, apologies for this huge mis- miscellaneous, <laughs> like for this mess. But uh, this, this is like the, the miscellaneous podcast today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not sure people are benefiting from this if they're listening to this podcast to um, have clearer ideas than they had before listening it but if they're looking for like food for thought then they should definitely keep mm. listening or or entertainment because there's some of that here i think too <laughs> oh really mm. oh yeah i mean it do you not do you not find me entertaining oh yeah 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 but i mean it's um <laughs> it's on a um, higher intellectual level without wanting to sound too arrogant but it is a higher level <laughs> like... um tell me you know, we, we were talking before about accessibility because that's kind of something that's it's it's somewhat talked about. Like I follow a couple of people on Twitter that are big into accessibility, but there's not that much talk about it, at least from my perspective you mean or maybe not enough talk about oh, it. we hinted at accessibility uh you mean because we thought we talked about job posts not being written or presented in an accessible <laughs> way i guess mm-hmm. yeah 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 i guess we hinted at that obviously i'm 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 kind of referring about i'm referring to like accessibility for um people that need uh what's the word assistive technology for? yes thank you assistive technology that's a nice term. I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, assist. Assistance is a much mm, better word than aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but um, you. I mean, the way I see it, of course, accessibility is about those who need assistive technology to access and uh, enjoy and get information from, a, let's say, a certain website. That is true. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of advice from people who are world experts, much more than me, you know, online. Or you can just go to the w3.org, right? And you have all mm-hmm. the guidelines there. It doesn't mean every single website follows them, but you have them. But at least in my opinion, it there's more to it. Like um, accessibility is making it accessible to people with a slower internet connection, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you can make um, you can make like a mobile version of your website. Like I know it sounds really <laughs> like a very old um, idea, but like if people have like a two G or a three G, they might need to access the mobile version of your website, the simplified one. Even if it looks ugly, it serves the purpose. And even with Android, you can make yeah. your app um, available offline. I think there's a way. Like in Android Studio, I was reading something with Kotlin. There, there probably is. Um, I haven't, I haven't looked into into that yet. It's been a while since I've kind of dabbled in Kotlin. That that that's actually one of the things that I plan on going back to at some point. Building Android apps, I I, I really enjoy. I don't know. I really enjoy it, Android. I like working with. Well, it. and then again, that is also about accessibility. Building Android apps because I mean. Sorry, no offense, but this whole um, cult of uh, Apple products is a very American thing. 
Oh, the I'm sorry, the, the what? The cult of Apple products. Is oh, the, a very... the cult of Apple products is I. You know, I I had that feeling, and I'm not a I'm not a big Apple user. The 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 Mac I'm using, yeah, obviously was a gift. So it, but it's the only Mac that I own, and I've always been a big like, uh, I hate Apple kind of a person, and. It's that's lessened over the years, but it's still not my it's still not my go to for phones for sure. I don't I don't use iPhones. I think there's more uh, more usability out of a an Apple computer than there is out of the phone. Oh yeah, personally. I was actually yeah yeah yeah. Actually, Apple can mean a lot of things. You're right because we were talking about apps and because we were talking about making them from mm-hmm. Android. I was comparing Android to ios for phones again mm-hmm. not only making them available offline but making them for android in the first place um for example what i don't really find accessible is when a very new cool app launches and um, mm-hmm. it's always like uh, there's the apple version first it's like a trend there's the apple version first and then you have to wait yeah. a year to get the android version so it's it's funny that you you bring that up because and it's not I don't know if it's funny haha or just funny ironic I'm not sure which uh we'll have to decide that okay. later but the the amount of android devices in use used to dwarf apple by miles and miles apple used to be like maybe 20 30% apple's now a solid 50 and mm probably growing and mostly because they decided to come out with more affordable versions of their phones that was not something that they did in the past uh they started dabbling with the uh first iPhone SE where it was a it was basically a remanufactured 5S yeah that gives me a headache like the screen is so small same it's amount of so money tiny. i i can get a big phone for same amount of money it's yeah, it's like a three inch screen. It's weird. And then they've recently launched um the XR, which was a cheaper a cheaper big Apple phone. A uh another version of the SE, which I think came out in twenty twenty, and it was basically a remanufactured six S. So it was in the six S body, but you know, uh more more updated internals. And so they've they've started doing things like that where they've started having a lower tier phone or two lower two I say lower tier. Uh they're more like mid-range phones instead of uh bottom end phones. And so I think that's really improved their market share. Mm. Which is is it's it's good and bad. I like I like the freedom of Android. I would gladly switch though if someone came out with a solid Linux phone that um mm, yeah was... they tried with the Windows phone but it didn't work. Yeah, I liked I actually I liked the Windows phones. Uh the higher end ones were really really good phones. The the lower end ones were garbage. They were complete garbage. The usability on them was terrible getting around on them was terrible 
but the uh, on the higher end phones, they were just like using Windows. They were really smooth, and I don't know. I I think I think Microsoft would have it would have been nice of Microsoft to at least keep one tier of phone going, even if they didn't want to build, you know, six different phones. They they could have done a lot nicer. You know, just made a flagship phone and just kept it at that. Yeah, yeah, that's what Google is just, doing. Yeah, with the phone. That's exactly what Google's doing. Google is. Google, it they they're doing like what are they doing? I think they're still just doing two phones. I think they've got the Pro and then the. the I, I didn't. I didn't like dig into it after I I just saw the price tag. I was just like, okay, I'm not gonna do more yeah. research. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had the I had the six Pro, uh, for a while, but. The screen is was really really uh, weak. The screen was weak. It cracked on me. I dropped it off my bed from like a two foot, two or three foot drop. Oh, okay, no, I can say I'm the proud owner of an Oppo phone. With no, no, I'm the proud owner of an Oppo phone that costs less than an iPhone SE. You know what kind of? So wait, you got an Apple phone? Oppo, Oppo. Oh, Oppo. And it's eight gigabytes RAM. Really? Yeah, two hundred fifty-six so, of memory. That's that's a uh, I think that's a Chinese-made phone. Uh, right? Yes, so, and to get an Apple phone like that, I think it takes like a month's salary, probably. <laughs> so. Yeah, probably. So, does that have Google Play on it? Yes, of course. Because I oh, that's that... a Huawei you're talking about. They created a new oh. operating system called Harmony OS. So it was just Huawei that got the. That got the shaft yes. on using Google Play. Uh, you see, a lot of people are opinionated. Oh, the Chinese phone, they're going to spy on my data, which is true. I mean, it's scientifically oh, it's proven. Totally true. Yeah, but then again, it's, not, it's uh... very expensive to have opinions and to stand by them. <laughs> because that, mm-hmm. it's very expensive to get a phone that doesn't steal your data. I mean, even Samsung is yeah. more expensive than an Oppo. So. Oh, I know. I don't even... That's what I'm saying. Like, I would gladly... I know there's a couple of there's a couple of phones out there that are not... Google related, like there's a Pine phone, which is a Linux phone, um, but it's, I don't think it's quite there yet, right? So I think it's still kind of, I don't know what the what the term is. It, I would I would call it like in somewhere between alpha and beta. Huh. Okay. I I might be wrong. It might be it might be further along at this point, but it's it's definitely not. A, I mean, it's not a mainstream phone for sure, and it's Linux-driven, which also cuts a lot of. Um, I don't know if it cuts. I don't know what the word is, but you basically uh, it cuts out a lot of the apps that you would normally get on a Google phone, right? Mm. Because you know, Android, you can run pretty much any Android app on an Android phone and be fine. The uh, Pine phone. Is a Linux phone, and so the ecosystem isn't quite there, which I probably wouldn't mind. It like if I could access Twitter and YouTube, which should be fine. And you know, I don't know. Maybe there's only a f- handful of apps I probably use on a regular basis. Huh. I wouldn't mind use, using something like that. 
Ah, okay, okay. Well, I guess the accessibility doesn't just depend on the phone itself, though. It depends on the app. Mm -hmm. It's always a weird mm -hmm. balance. So, yeah, so basically, what were we saying? Oh, yeah, accessibility, but, yeah. Back to accessibility. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> like I said, I'm not a world expert. You can go on w3.org to see all the visuals and or textual advice that you should be applying to your website to make it accessible. I was making a point, though, of making things accessible mm. for people to have a slow internet connection. That's where we are getting yeah. at. And then I was saying, oh, a lot of startups launch their app on iPhone first and then Android yeah, after a year. Yeah, we got off on a tangent. So, yeah. yeah, that's what we went. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, on a more simplistic yet relevant note that needs to be um, repeated all the time, it's uh, it's also about the type of people you know you display on a website on your on your app and. Uh, you know, because those stock photos have been accumulating over the years, they don't really reflect, um, you know, the diversity of today's society. So it's about that, too. It can mean a lot of things, you know, accessibility, making accessible in terms of showing diversity, making accessible in terms of uh, uh, catering for people with a slower Internet connection. It can mean a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It's not just about color blindness. No, no, it definitely isn't. Um, you know, I know some people that need screen readers. Um, I know some people that are deaf and, you know, have to read lips or, or, you know, read sign language. It, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot to cover in accessibility. And, but I mean, I definitely think that most websites don't take that into account same with apps yeah and i mean if you don't they don't want to do it out of the goodness of their heart okay fine but i think there's an economic loss there i mean okay it's not the majority of the population but you're still losing on a certain number mm -hmm. of, of users either because of their disability they can't access your website or maybe they feel offended by the monotony of the stock photos or maybe they can't access it because their connection is too slow you know you are losing sure. some users there like you are so if, mm -hmm. if you, they should think about it in economic terms, either if they don't want to do it out of the goodness of their heart, you know? Yeah, I I think there just needs to be, and I don't know, I don't think companies are going to necessarily, I just, I, I'm sorry, I don't have a whole lot of faith in corporate, whether it's corporate America or I think, I mean, even corporations in other countries, I don't, you know, I don't know how, how, how close to uh, American American companies, it's just, I mean, mostly it's all about profit, which is fine. I get it, but they're not, they're not really thinking about, they're just thinking about the bottom dollar. Um, I think it would, I think what it personally, what I, I think what it would need is just more people pushing for accessibility, you know, whether it's, you know, people that don't need it, you know, push for it. Yeah, well, there's a saying you know, just, that, just you know, more... the thing is, it's always the people who need something to push for it. But, you know, yeah. hey, I don't want to be bring bad luck to the people who don't need it at the moment. But, you know, you always mm -hmm. think, oh, right. yeah, but I don't need it. And then it's like, you until it happens to you, you know, and then what? Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, and and if if you don't need it, you probably know somebody that does. You yeah. know, everybody probably yeah. knows someone that. That needs, you know, uh, what did you call it again? Assistive technology. Assistive Which technology. Which is basically a screen yeah. reader. Yeah, it's an example. 
but yeah, you, it's like it's like most things, you know, like, oh, I don't need this. So I'm not poor. Oh, I don't need this. I don't have a health problem. I don't need this. I don't need this money. I'm not poor. I'm not hungry until it happens to you. <laughs> and then what? You said you didn't yeah. need it. So now it's not there. It hasn't been created because you didn't push for its creation because you said you didn't need it. Right. Exactly right. And, and so, yeah. But I mean, even startup founders like indie hackers that listen to this podcast, I guess they can think about it in economic terms too. I mean, they're losing users if they don't make that site accessible. So, sure. But you know, there's a, actually talking about people, indie hackers on Twitter, um, there's a user. Um, He's called uh, Osman Ahmed, and basically he has done this um, this one. I really like this tool he has done. He is mm. called Reverb, R-E-V-E-R-B dot W-T-F. He's not paying me to say this. <laughs> oh no, that's fine. I'm I'm just gonna look it up and, and check it out. What I, it's a it's a color palette generator okay fine there are a lot mm, of them okay. but um, if you click on the um, wheelchair thing which stands for accessibility a bit simplistic view of it but okay let's click on it and then he gives wait where is that oh i don't see it it's... on my screen well it's uh hmm, weird i don't know i i saw it because i went looking for it oh wait i just blew up the uh website Reverb.wtf. Reverb. Yeah, I'm on that website. Let's see. So there's like um uh I was more likened with the wheelchair. Oh, I see it. And then if you click yeah, on it, it, it doesn't just say color blindness. It gives you one, two, oh, three, weird. four variations of color blindness, and it's scientifically mm -hmm. accurate. Actually, what he did. I'm gonna click on it and see what happens. I think you need to save the palette first, and then, like, you need to press the space bar, and then you can do the color blindness test. Oh, oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, weird. Remove green. Like, let's say you're making a website. Mm. You could even have, uh, like, neat. let's say you're using CSS or something. You could even have different color variables. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Because it's that's... it's more than light or dark mode, you know. You could have like a right, right. toggle button that people can I reach. See. Yeah, I see where it says update coming soon. I think it needs one because I can't, I can't click on something else and it changes. You know what I mean? Like you click on one and it just it changes and then it just stays there. It doesn't change. Back. Yeah, I told like him. It, like it's, <laughs> it's not accessible. No, I'm kidding. No, no, but like, yeah, I think he's working <laughs> no, on it. this is a great idea. The thing though. is, I haven't yeah. seen, uh, once he fixes like the uh, mechanics, I think I haven't seen mm -hmm. something like that before, as in like um, combined with a color palette generator that appeals to both yeah. accessibility people who appeals to both people who are passionate about, about accessibility mm -hmm. as well as to web developers. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it has a lot of features from the looks of it. If you click on premium and if he's only charging 11 per year, that's, I mean, that's, that's good. That's a good deal. That's reasonable. That's super reasonable. The price itself is accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look at that. <laughs> it's, Accessibility. Yeah, no. So we, I think we covered a whole spectrum: uh, speed, internet speed, um, color blindness, assistive mm. technology, uh, diversity in the stock photos, which again sounds uh, quite predictable, but it still hasn't happened. So, 
you know, and uh, and the economic uh, loss you could be experiencing if you don't if you don't address sure, this. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Wow, this is a cool site. I like this a lot. Um, I'll add that to the show notes. Uh, where is my? Oh, there it is. I blew it up and then I couldn't see anything else on my screen. Oh. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Max. I don't know how to use them. Uh, oh, funny. okay. So so you have it, but you hate it. Okay. No, no, no. Oh, the Mac. Yeah, I'm not. A, it, it, it does the job. It's not my favorite machine ever. I, I, still, I still prefer a good Linux machine. Fortunately, I mean, as far as like shortcuts and go, Macs are not shortcuts. Well, yeah, kind of. And using terminal, obviously, it's about the same as using Linux terminal. There are things about Macs I do like. I like the fact that I don't need to figure out 15 different ways to install stuff via terminal. You know, I can I can just use, um, what is it called? Uh, and of course, I'll forget what it's called. But I had to use it to install huh? Exorcism. Are you familiar with Exorcism? I have no idea. I have a problem okay. with the terminal. <laughs> it's like it's one of the things <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. Uh, well, I can uh, I could give you tutorials. At least I I understand it enough for that. But there's a there's a site called Exorcism.org. Uh, it's Exorcism, not Exorcism, like you're getting rid of spirits. Okay. Uh, it's for it's exercises for programming. On terminal and, as well. Well, they let you install it. Uh, you can download the exercises via terminal, or you know, to work on your local machine, and then you can submit them via terminal, and it will go to their website. All right, talking Pretty about cool. talking about accessibility, the terminal color-wise, at least, is a great example. And like you said, it does the job. Sometimes we are so concerned with beauty and animation, mm -hmm. but hey, like web design is not necessarily a fashion show unless you're designing a website for a fashion show. So, yeah. so I think yeah, if people want to get a, a sense of like, what is accessible, take the terminal, mm -hmm. yeah. Sure. And I mean, I know like there's, there's kind of a, I don't want to say a limit to what people can do build-wise. Like if you're building a website, but there you know there's a lot of things you can do under the hood to make your site accessible without a complete redesign i know there's a there's a lot of like little things where you can you can add different tags uh, in html okay. i don't know a lot of about oh, HTML, so basically now you're saying okay we said oh hey guys make things accessible okay but now you're saying what if they already have a website now what is yeah, that what you're thinking yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. yes i think they should make it very semantic is semantic HTML mm -hmm. and also I think um, the respecting the hierarchy of um, H1, H2, H3, it's very important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's something simple that could be done. Sure. Let's say you have um, just okay. Let's say you want a line of very big text and you call it H1. Then you want a line of smaller text and you call it H3. But then you want a line of big text again and you call it H1. No, you should you should use a hierarchical a hierarchical structure, H one, H two, H three. If you have three lines, and then you change the size of the text using CSS, because the way the screen reader right. works is that 
um, it, it takes the H1234 to read the website in order. Yeah. You have an H1 at the top, another one at the bottom, and then the screen reader is going to read like all the H1s in different parts of the page. It's going to be a mess. So that's what people can do right now. Have a hierarchical, hierarchical structures of H1s, H2, H3s. If you need to fix the size of the font, use the CSS. Don't use H1 as a shortcut, because I know I did that myself, because it was easier. Oh, come on, I want to make it bigger. I'll just make it another H1. Yeah, just throw an H1 on there. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah, so otherwise people are just going to get confused when they read your website. Let's say you have line one, hello. Line two, my name is. Line three, Costanza. Now I'll say it. If you do the mistake of H1, H3, you all messed up. Hello, Costanza. My name is. <laughs> it would read really weird. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there you go. You're losing a like customer. Yoda. <laughs> like, who wrote this website? Yoda? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, honestly, <laughs> and there, there you go. You just lost a customer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's accessibility is kind of a big deal. And, you know, there's, and I don't know how many assistive technology needed people are out there. <laughs> um, sorry, I was trying to turn that into a term. Uh, you mean as in like actual data? Yeah, like how, you know, like I wonder if there is any kind of, let me see. There's got to be some data out there. We'll just Google it and see uh, yes, what comes up. Yes, I, yeah. I'm not replying because I don't have, as oh, of fine. now, something that you, is reliable. Did you leave your internet? Oh, no, I didn't. I'm still here. <laughs> okay, I was just checking on the 5G thing. Uh, okay, no, no, no. What I mean is that I didn't... You, you, you got, like, you, 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 like, have a 5G hat, don't you? Hat. Like, you have to wear... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to wear a 5G hat because you live under a 5G tower oh, and it protects your head. <laughs> no. no, I don't. I mean, I don't wear one yet, but uh, hey, you just gave companies uh, another marketing idea. Uh, you should cut this yeah. part. I know we we should uh yeah, we should cut it out and and just develop the product and then release it. It'll be fun. No, honestly, and we'll just, just market, yeah, I mean, we'll just market it to Italians cuz the 5G towers are so low. No. Well, it depends. I mean, it depends. I think it's not a very national thing. It's a regional thing. Maybe you go in other parts of Europe, yeah. in other parts of India, whatever. It's mm. uh yeah, it's one of those things that has not been nationalized much. It's very regional still. You see stark differences between one region and the other regardless of the country, I think, uh, when it comes to the 5G. Sure. But then again, yeah, 5G and... is accessible because, I mean, it makes data cheap. Right. Yeah, it's weird how that is, right? Because you would think that having to install those towers would would be an expensive um, prospect. There's a lot of places out here in the U.S. where we have, like, huge swaths of of country that have no Internet access, even with people living there. It's It's really weird. So it is a regi regional think. thing then. It's not like there's yeah, one country it's... that is really connected and another one is not. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like you, I mean, you can just, well, 
I'd say you can look at a cell phone map, but most of those things lie. They all are like, oh, yeah, we have coverage here. And then you you go there and you have no coverage. It's like, oh, where's the coverage? I thought, you know, I'm paying for coverage. Like, yeah, no, we we don't have towers there. Hence why you need, for now, you need to make website accessible for people with slow internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a big deal, I think. I think making making websites that that aren't downloading tons and tons of crap or have lots and lots of images. Images are like the killer for websites, I think. Uh, there is a way, actually. I was doing some research, now I forgot. As in, like, I forgot how to explain it properly. Is mm-hmm. there you have to do something to the images and that enables mm. you not to lose the quality? Uh, because yeah, making it available offline, okay. Making a separate mobile website, okay. Uh, minifying your CSS, yes. Mm-hmm. I think it was. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to use uh, progressive images. Mm. Basically, pro- like have different versions to display. No, basically, for... it's like um, okay, you know. Let's say non-progressive. You have a website. Either the image mm-hmm. image uh, loads instantly, all of it, or it doesn't mm-hmm. load. With progressive, you can have little bit of pixels slowly loading. So maybe it's a bit unclear, but you have those little pixels that are slowly loading. It doesn't need to load excess, uh, necessarily all at once. Yeah, yeah. So that that's what you can do actually. Progressive. I think you can use mm, any there's Riot optimizer, it's free. Uh you can use Lightroom, Photoshop. Yeah, and Photoshop has mm. a free web version now, so Oh, that's cool. Have you have you tried that? Is it any good? The web version of Photoshop. Yeah. Yeah, but only for like twenty minutes, so I'm not I don't think I'm qualified to give a review. <laughs> well, I'm not asking for a review. I'm asking for a uh, a 20 minute um, let's play. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'll ju- I just went back to Canva. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I like Canva a lot, actually. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if you're looking for this progressive images conversion, then Photoshop is good. Sure, Photoshop's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's obviously other apps and stuff you could use too. Maybe I'm, I wonder if um. Uh, Riot Optimizer I was using. Mm. What was it called? Riot Optimizer. Hold on, let me just Google. Riot. Ah, yeah. It's called Radical Image Optimization Tool. A free image optimizer that will let you visually adjust compression parameters while keeping minimum file size. Well, it sounds like it's a match made in heaven for for this issue we were discussing. Yeah, that sounds wild. Uh, get free image optimizer. Optimizer. <laughs> right, has an easy to use interface. Huh. Yeah, I might have checked that out just for my own stuff. So, uh, I guess it. Let me see. Yeah, so we are not just uh, you know we're not just uh, presenting some idealistic uh, mission here. You know, we're not just making a philosophical case for accessibility. We're giving like real practical advice. You are. I'm not very practical. <laughs> oh right. No. But, but um... you're asking me the right questions. So. <laughs> oh okay. All right. I mean that. I guess that that that's important. Um. Yeah. So this. This riot seems pretty cool. I might have to try it out. I wonder how I wonder how easy it is to use. 
It actually doesn't look too bad. It's not as easy as it claims to be. Yeah, probably not. And it also... It says version 1.0 as of January 2021. I wonder if they've made any other... Oh, that I don't know. But it does, the, like, it does the job. I mean, if, yeah. it, if it does the job, that's fine. I just wonder if something breaks. I, I wonder if they've got a GitHub, maybe. Oh, I haven't checked that. I always, I always kind of look at these, these things that seem like they're not maintained anymore. And now that I'm, you know knee-deep in learning to program, I'm thinking, how can I contribute? And there's always a lot of, you know, there's there's a lot of little little programs and stuff out there that are great, but maybe they've lost their maintainer. Well, I guess, so, I guess if you don't want to get into maintenance, but you still want to uh, obtain I'm, this... Um, I'm sort of pivoting. Well, no, but like, I mean, if, I mean, I admire what you said, but I can only say admire because I don't think I have the patience or willingness to go in and contribute. To really be honest with you, I mean, in fact, I was suggesting fair, another solution. Yeah, I was gonna say to be fair, you're already contributing to a nonprofit, which um, actually I wanted to ask you about because I haven't had like I think I saw a Twitter update where you said something about you've wound up with like 30 volunteers or something oh uh, yeah that, yeah that, that, that was that right? not a marketing move it's it's true no tell me about that tell me tell me tell me more so uh, okay so to give you the data okay um i first started um looking for volunteers back in when was that yes on the 1st of september mm, okay uh when did we do our podcast just out of curiosity oh i don't think i contributed to your your uh oh no but i didn't even mention it to be honest maybe i didn't even mention it because regardless of when the podcast was i maybe i just created the sign up form but i didn't really advertise it i didn't really distribute it I started oh, okay. dis- gotcha. properly distributing it. So it's your fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On first of <laughs> <laughs> on first of September, and she's she's like, we need help, but you can't sign up to help. So <laughs> no, I mean, piss off. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. You can. I mean, you can. You still. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I mean, it's been really overwhelming, actually. So, so you made a sign up form, right? Yeah. And then when and oh, so podcast is actually September fifteenth. Okay, yeah. So the, I start, yeah. but uh, I it wasn't really a thing because I started distributing on first of September and nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was tweeting here and there. Do you want to volunteer? I put it on the website, mm-hmm. but nothing much was mm-hmm. happening. And then the first person was uh, Gregory. He's a developer from Kenya, and mm. um, and he's the first person who he didn't fill in the form, but he got in touch on Twitter, say, hey, I want to help. Maybe with the website, I can use my web development skills and with the Twitter. From there, oh, cool. he made a tweet in Swahili. Oh, nice. Using our account. Because we use TweetDeck to create a team. Oh, yeah, TweetDeck. Yeah, you can create mm-hmm. a team on TweetDeck. He made a tweet in Swahili. Oh, that's cool. And that tweet got like hundreds of likes and retweets. And from wow. there, I was overwhelmed with form responses. I was even scared I was going to have to switch from like a, a, to a paid plan. Because, you know, some, <laughs> some, some form builders, they have a limit of like 30. Yeah, but Cali Forms yeah. doesn't. Oh, cool. So 
Wow. All right. So I guess does he have a pretty large following on Twitter then? I'm guessing he does. No, I wouldn't say. Oh no, he made he made the tweet from your yeah your nonprofit. Here's the here's the thing. Um, I have more followers on my personal Twitter, but not much engagement. Mm. I try to be um uh, interesting, uh, intellectually speaking. But you know, there's about 200 followers on the Watoto coding, but there's so much mm. engagement, and I think that's not about an algorithm, not about any yeah. digital strategy. It's because the people truly do want to get involved and want to help. I mm-hmm. think that was it. Well, frankly, I've never been overwhelmed with so much altruism. I'm, I'm not used to it. Sure. Yeah. I, I... I can understand that. Like, we that's, had to set up, like, video nuts. calls with them, and then a Slack group, and then this and then that. Like, you know, I'm not, like, a senior manager. It's like I'm used to managing teams, you know? It's not my thing. So <laughs> <laughs> Now it is. <laughs> it's not my thing. And right now, right now, all the web developers that are volunteering, because there are different categories of volunteers, they're mm-hmm. amazingly talented developers from Kenya, and they're all younger than me. They're, like, 20, 21, 22. Oh, wow. And they're working on seamlessly integrating donations into the Watoto coding website mm. using a Node.js awesome. API. And like, they're amazingly talented. Cool. So how are you, how are you organizing all this? Okay. So when they complete the form, there's an automation that it goes straight uh, to a Notion database. And they cannot submit the form unless they've scheduled a Calendly call. Mm-hmm. Then everything goes on my Notion database. Okay. Then after the call, they get sent a template on Notion. As in like all the key info. If you want to do web development, join this, do this, do this, do that, basically. Yeah, if they're yeah. web developers, there's like a Slack group specifically for this thing of the payment. And they're also turning the website into a React app. If it's mm. for um, social media, then they get added to the tweet deck and uh, yep. meta business suite for like the Facebook posts. If it's right. teaching in person, they get in touch with Leonard and or create lesson plans in Swahili. Like, like I don't know what to say. Oh, like, yeah. I, if, like, I don't know. We can put their That's Twitter cool. handles and thank every single one of them. Because quite sure frankly, they were not expecting anything back but to make a difference. I yeah, don't think I would that, have been like that when I was like twenty twenty one. To really be honest, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think a lot more people are 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 thinking more about that kind of stuff now, um, especially as you know the world kind of transitions into some rough periods. Not not to get all political because I don't do that out here, but um, you know there's there's a lot going on in a lot of different countries, and there's definitely you know a lot of a lot of upheaval, a lot of you know. A lot more people so kind of that makes people more cooperative. I think in some aspects. Oh, because I was expecting I, the opposite. <laughs> That's yeah, why I was really no. overwhelmed. I think I think on the on the whole, people are good. You know, that people want to help other people. People want to they want to give and they want to you know take care of their communities and and by communities I don't just mean you know the people that have lived there for twenty years or so, um, but. You know, and and you know, we we kind of have this big global community too. So, I think that that kind of makes a a big difference when it comes to people wanting to dive in and help. And you know, I I don't think it would have happened in Italy. 
and we have a lot of unemployed 20-somethings. They could at least do some sure. volunteering, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, not blaming I mean... them, but it's true. It's statistically true. But quite frankly, I think I've noticed it's a very Kenyan tech thing to be less about me and be more about mm-hmm. us. Yeah, and as it should be, because you're, you know, it's a country where they're still very third world in a lot of ways. Um. And and I don't mean that as like a negative. I just mean you know as far as infrastructure and stuff goes, it's not it's not as uh, built up as a lot of other countries. Yeah, so really, but I was expecting really to people to be people to me more people to be more ruthless and selfish as a result, which I wouldn't blame mm-hmm. them, you know. Yeah, but... sure. No, I mean it, it's good. It's good to see that that it isn't the the way that you might expect it to be. That it's actually you know people helping people and trying to trying to help each other out and pull each other up you like know? these are 31 people age 20 something i'm like can you imagine if only those 31 people were born in mountain view california can you imagine what would they've accomplished by now um well that depends because it's california it's hard to say no i mean like <laughs> i'm not saying they should have been born in italy because it would probably be the same and they would be individualistic on top of that but not that not that you know people in california are bad or anything obviously no, no but i'm just saying can you imagine like with their skills and i don't mean just the technical skills i mean able to use those skills in a team setting in a community setting like sometimes i'm like mm-hmm. you know yeah i i just i think um I think people can can be a product of their environment, and in this case, maybe they're a product of more of a, you know, it, it is a harsh environment, obviously. They don't have it, you know, they don't have it easy, you know, like, like we, we here, in, you know, in America, we've got it easy, and, you know, we're, we're the product of, of years and years of development, and, and, um, I'm trying to think how to put it, but um, I think they're they're in a they're in kind of a frontier space where they're they're still building and they're still ah uh, still so growing. hence the enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. of they course, wanna, statistically speaking, their... it's a young country. Right. Exactly. That's exactly where I was getting. Thanks for clarifying. Ah, right. I wasn't sure if I was well, I'm not off. used to that. Like here, everyone is ninety something, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like you and I are are, you know, in we're in completely different environments. Where and, and in, in in America, you get glimpses of both sides. You get some of that. Well, everybody's here is just you know, they're all old and set in their ways, and they don't care, and they just do their thing. Or and then on some in some areas, it's the opposite, where it's young and burgeoning and everybody's helping everybody oh no not here because everybody's statistically old it's not a question of mindset here they are no old. no no. i i yeah exactly well that's what i mean that's what i mean like we have these big you know retirement area communities everybody just moves there and nobody's thinking about anybody else they're just you know so basically like oh okay so basically like the whole of italy okay got it <laughs> so yeah exactly so, so yeah, yeah. yeah we literally like you can go to you can you can take america and you can go to pretty much you'll find some representation of every other country in America somewhere. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's whether it's the 
whether it's the culture, because we have areas that are like specifically this or specifically that. Um, there's, you know, you go to like Chicago or, or New York and you'll have like Asian town or Koreatown or Chinatown where it's, you know, huge swaths of, you know, you basically get a chunk of a chunk of China in America. Yeah, but you see um, what I what I what I got from them is not just I, I know because I use the word Kenya and Kenyan a lot. It was me who said mm -hmm. that it's true. But what I got from them is a <laughs> mindset. Yeah, yeah, I know. I totally, I totally know where you're going with it. I just went off on a little bit of a tangent. I just meant that, as far as mindset goes, you can find, um, you can pretty much find groups of all, all the mindsets here. So you, you know, it's like, you say in Italy, it's all pretty much old people, and and they pretty much are, you know. Are they, are they, would you call them selfish or what would, how would you term no, them? I'm not, I'm not no, no, I mean, there's nothing wrong negative. with them. They're just old and okay. tired. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> old and tired. So, so off on a tangent. So, does Italy kind of have an aging um, population? Oh, yeah, it's primarily? the second oldest country in the world. I got my neighbor here on the 30th of October. She's turning 96. Is, is there, do you guys have a low birth rate? And aging population. So you have a low birth rate and an aging population. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are going to be extinct in the next yeah. 20 years or so, right? Yeah, so, no, no because, <laughs> and also like a very high um, migration rate of people below 40. Leaving, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you listened to, um, I, f I forget it, which, which episode, but I talked to another Italian. Yeah, 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 I did. Yeah. And he had, yeah, he had migrated. He was like, as soon as I could get out, I left. And he's like, below was... 40. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, He, you know, there he's, he was like, no jobs, no, you know, middle of nowhere. Like, I'm out. But you see, <laughs> they could do that in Kenya too. And I'm sure they do it. And I wouldn't blame them. Mm -hmm. But the mindset yeah, I yeah. came across though, is that they also think they should improve their skills. To uh -huh. improve where they are, to improve where they're at, not yeah. where they could Actually, be. Actually, that's right. That was that was kind of my point too. Um, I think that it's yeah, it's it's a it's a really good mindset to have. You know, building up the the place that you're at instead of just running running from it. They haven't you know? given up yet. Yeah, here they and have. They yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, they're. Yeah, all the all the young people leave, so that doesn't help either. Unless you want to buy, I don't know, what do you guys have there? You have like vineyards and stuff. I always imagine Italy being like lots mm. of vineyards. I don't know. Is that not a thing? Is I, that I don't know. Thing? I actually don't have a clue. <laughs> I've never been to one. I don't know. <laughs> never been to a vineyard? No. That 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 picture you showed me with the five G tower, um, looked like there could be a vineyard. A right vineyard? Below. I don't know. <laughs> really it it just looked beautiful you know it was like it was green and it was hills yeah well the, the grass is turning tower. the grass is turning yellow very quickly yeah due to climate yeah, change yeah, so you know <laughs> or or yeah and it's, it's like super I mean, hot almost, in the summer so it's almost winter time so what's uh what's the temp like there in the summer what's it run you mean because of the climate change no 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 just you know what's normally what kind of it should be like 17 18 degrees oh jesus wait that's celsius yeah 
Hold on. <laughs> uh, Celsius to Fahrenheit. Here we go. 17. The summer, but now, lately, the summers oh, are like 62. 25 degrees. 25. Oh, but that's like... It's worrying. 77 degrees would be would feel like... Yeah, but at 1,500 feel... meters, it's really worrying. At what now? 1,500 oh, meters of height, it's really worrying, yeah, you know? Yeah, high, high elevation. Yeah. It's oh. really, really worrying. And actually, in Milan... Well, it's just because you're closer to the sun. Sorry? It's just because you're closer to the sun. But, but trust me, no, it is <laughs> no, it is warming. No, uh, like warming and warring. Trust me, like mm. in Milan right now, for example, there are there were mm. like today there were like twenty five degrees. Mm, Milan, what's that usually run? Do you know? In October, end of October, no, twenty five degrees ever. This is. Yeah, you guys. It says it's sixty-five degrees right now. Um, that's like, man, I I would kill for sixty-five degree weather. <laughs> yeah, but you see that like in a continental type of weather, it's not normal. Ah, uh, gotcha. It's gotcha. it's not normal. So, <laughs> coldest month is January. Um, yeah, but it's average daily high. It's of never 51. gonna be cold anymore. So, which is good in a way. So, <laughs> it's not. I mean, honestly, that's not very cold anyway. Fifty-one. That's like. Uh, it says an average low, of thirty-one, and a high of forty-three. Oh wait, uh, cold season lasts for three point two months, November to February. Okay, I see. Huh. You know they say people that, are crazy. more um, uh, imaginative and uh, entrepreneurial, creative, whatever in cold climates, which is true. Yeah. Think about, for example, I'm into education. Think about the ad tech scene in Finland or startups in Norway, which is true, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm not sure how that's gonna turn out. This warming oh, of the climate, but we'll see. That's funny. Well, look, I gotta get off of yeah, here. Yeah, So. All right, cool. Um, you got any passing final thoughts? No, I think that you want to throw out I there. I think I've talked enough. So. <laughs> oh, come on! You got to close out the show. Um. So remember, make things accessible, of course, out of the goodness of your heart, but also you will because you will have an economic benefit from it, whether you're a startup or a corporation. Remember, we discussed accessibility, the whole spectrum of it. And remember, we discussed the connections between music and coding. And if you have any questions, uh, reach out to Andrew or myself. Sounds good. You heard it here. Make it accessible. You've been listening to episode 12 of the Citizen Coder podcast. If you'd like to connect with Costanza or have questions about the nonprofit teaching kids to code, you can reach out to her on Twitter. Link is in the show notes. If you like what I'm doing and you want to sponsor the show, you can reach out to me at info at citizencodercast.com or message me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Links for everything else we mentioned are also in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and as always, I'll see you next time.